0: Hello and welcome to Henry Weston's Old Mate the Podcast Series 2 Thank you for choosing to listen to yet another episode uh, Today I am joined by an old friend of mine from Australia, Ed Collashaw Ed was living in the UK in 2009 um, That's how we met, he decided he played a bit of cricket for warmer CC uh, And we have stayed in touch since uh, Ed agreed to join me to have a chat, a catch up on the sort of decades since he, since he moved home we talk all things cricket, uh, sport, we talk about Ed's professional life and a bit of his family life as he's now living up in Western Australia. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Heavy Western's Old Mate, the podcast. Uh, we are back again, or I'm back again, and today I'm joined by a long lost Australian friend of mine, Mr. Ed Collashaw. Ed, how are you, mate?
1: I'm good, Stewie. Good. Good to catch up after nearly a decade between drinks.
0: Yeah, far too long, my friend. Uh, <laughs> far too long. Uh, it's really good to have you on. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. This is, um, you know, this is a bit of a treat for me. Not only do I get to sort of put some content out for the few people who follow this podcast, but I get to catch up with good people like yourself. That's it, um, mate. So, as I like to do, I like to um, – obviously, I have forwarded you a few notes, Ed. We, we like to do that so we don't come on completely ill-prepared. But I do <laughs> like to throw a curveball to my guests. So, yes. are New Zealand currently the best test team in the world, Ed?
1: Are they using sandpaper? No, I shouldn't say that. Jeez, um, <laughs> we're recovering from that, us mob. Um, in, the, in, the test scene, in the test scene, have they beaten India and in India? That's no. the question. Yeah, so that, you can't that's the uh, test, isn't it? That's that's the test. I mean, you beat you know whether you can win in Australia, win in England, you know, but if you can win on the subcontinent, that's the new test. It used to be the West Indies when you and I were growing up and we were young young lads uh but yeah. It's now the it's now India. If you can win in a subcontinent, uh you're doing alright for yourself. I New Zealand aren't there just yet, and I think when the whips start crashing cracking, they're uh They're found wanting. But they're doing all right over there in the UK at the moment.
0: It's a shame you guys didn't want to chase down that total the other day. (laughs) Do you know what? Uh, I think uh, I I, I obviously follow the cricket. I don't follow it enough. I I don't read enough as I should. Um, But the the general consensus within the press over here was that uh, they could have at least given it a go for an hour or two, um, which probably... I mean, there was one guy on social media who was adamant that they, they should have chased it down at all costs because the country is reeling from 18 months of COVID, which mm. I think may have been slightly o- over-egging the uh, cricket pudding. But, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you've got Mr Sibley at the top of the innings, I'm afraid he's only going to go one way. Uh, <laughs>
1: Well, we're, we're looking forward to having you blokes over here later in the year, and uh, if you guys are going to perform like that, uh, I think uh, there might be a bit of entertainment over here, because um, we might get some crowds, which will be good, so uh, well, yeah, we're looking we're looking forward to it.
0: it could, I have a nasty feeling it could be like the ill-fated uh, Freddie Flintoff captaincy tour, and it could be a rather awful 5-0, um, and that's coming from a from a passionate England supporter, but it's not looking promising with the, this batting lineup. Uh, and what has to be said is an aging bowling attack. But we'll see, Ed. We'll see. Anyway, more about today. So today we're just gonna we're gonna run through a bit of everything, aren't we, Ed? But um, you were over in two thousand and nine, over in England, weren't you? And you you ended up on on the sunny Kent coast. And you, you ended up residing in Deal. Uh, do you want to tell us how you ended up in Deal?
1: Well, we uh, we ended up in Deal because she was heading overseas. Rachel, my partner in crime, and yeah. still is to this day. And uh, well, I decided to follow her, and she got a teaching job in in Deal, actually in Walmart, just up the road at the science okay. school. And yeah. um, and I followed along, and I hadn't got any work or anything like that. Although I did end up working at Summerfields, which was entertaining as it was.
0: Um, <laughs> For all, and, for all the listeners, that became that became the co-op, and then that is now Audi for anyone who, who doesn't know. So, <laughs> well, so there you go. Things
1: have changed. Things have yep, changed things in a decade, my goodness. but um, moved on. But yeah, go but, on, mate. Yeah, that, so that's how we ended up there, and we were staying in Canterbury for a, a couple of nights, and... Then we ended up moving. I had to move all our stuff from Canterbury to, to Deal on the train. We had a TV, we had two backpacks and sleeping bags and all this sort of stuff. And I looked like the resident hermit that was wandering around Deal at ten o'clock in the morning with these seagulls the size of bald eagles. It was unbelievable. But um, and I couldn't find the I couldn't find the place that we were living in. So Rachel gone to work at eight o'clock in the morning, and I was wandering around for nearly eight hours trying to find this house. And I had to wait for. Had to wait for her at the train station to um to find this place, and I was looking for a yellow door, and it was supposed to be a blue door. So anyway, that was um that was how that was how it all started. Our love affair for Deal and Warmer.
0: Ah, so yeah, I mean, well, things have changed because obviously your previous employers are are now Aldi, and yeah. the school that Rachel taught at is is no longer a school that they've merged the two schools together. So all the pupils are down at. What was the secondary probably was, oh, whatever it was after that. It's, It's now the Goodwin Academy, I think, so... So things it, it, really have changed in ten years. Eh? <laughs> well,
1: it probably had to happen. It probably had to happen. Um, we ended up living off uh, Son's Road. In the end, we found a beautiful little place off the old hotel there at Son's Road, just near the uh, the lighthouse. So uh, not the lighthouse, uh, anyway, near the pier. And yeah, um, yeah, oh, it was beautiful. It was yeah, it was lovely. It was just uh, exactly what we wanted. And uh, we had Mary Price looking after us. Bless her soul. I don't think she's no. I don't think she's with us anymore but um she was looking after us and yeah it was good times we really enjoyed our time there we enjoyed our time
0: and uh you ended up obviously uh you ended up playing a bit of cricket for the old warmer cc now i do my little podcast warmer i can't call myself a a warmer cricket club sort of a man because i i grew up playing my cricket just down the road but i did have a few seasons at warmer but i can't really call myself a man of the warmer cricket club but how did um (laughs) was how did that come about was that did you did you just ask at a local public house did you just bump into someone how did you end up at war because there's obviously a couple of other sort of choices we don't like to mention sort of deal vicks or sandwich much on this podcast so yeah, you, yeah you could have ended up landing somewhere else with your spinning harm.
1: well i could have i could have i mean um i think laurie lawrence was uh pretty happy that um that I didn't ask for much when I came to Walmart. I mean, the reason why I wandered into Walmart uh, because I had the Aussie accent. They're going, oh geez, what's he going to want? You know, is he going to want a job? Is he going to want this and that and all that sort of stuff? And I was just happy to play. Um, but it was more of a case The the manager at Summerfields at the time uh, he was a massive cricketing fan, huge cricketing fan. Okay. I think he was. I think he was happy to have an Aussie working for him, so he could give it to me for uh, for two <laughs> thousand and five and. And he did, uh, and then and we were. It was an Ashes year that year in two thousand nine as well. This is where Mitchell bo- Johnson was bowling to fine league quite often. Um, yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, we went. <laughs> I, I wandered down to Walmart. I could have gone down to. No, I couldn't go to Deal Vicks because Charlie uh, was playing there. That was the Queenslander that was breaking all the records yeah. with the bat.
0: Yeah, now, I'm Char- still in touch
1: with Charlie every now and then. Charlie Marley, Charlie Charlie Marley. He. He was a wonderful cricketer. Now he was playing at a very low grade, and he played at a very high grade back over here in Queensland, in in Australia. He played uh, Two's District, which is
0: he plays I don't for know. the Redlands, doesn't he? Which are yeah, a pretty famous yeah. Brisbane side.
1: But at that time, he was he was a pretty talented batsman, and he was punishing him. And um, I got to play one game with him uh, in a combined side against Sandwich that day. I think yeah. Tammy Beaumont. Tammy Beaumont was playing against us that day as well. Okay. And, um, yeah, it was a good day, but he didn't make any runs. Uh, I, only <laughs> took, I only took one or two wickets and it was a very small postage stamp down at uh, Sandwich and they gave us the good running. Uh, but it was – I've got great memories. It's just – yeah, I loved waltzing into Walmart. The only thing that let us down that season – I think we had an okay side. The only thing that let us down was that Lawrence had done his knee, so he was out for the season – Oh, he's had, a,
0: he's had a few seasons like that,
1: poor old Lauren. Yeah, so he he had done his knee quite badly. And so we were sort of a bit rudderless with the batting at the top of the order because he was a classy bat and, yeah. and he was our captain. So we didn't have the skipper. We didn't have that classy batsman that we could rely on for maybe a good 50 or at least holding up an end. And we dropped a hell of a lot of catches, Stu. We dropped yeah. <laughs> a hell, probably, I think on average, at least seven or eight a game. And that that cost you games catches we matches. We never warmed up beforehand, and that that was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a nightmare <laughs> with the catches we dropped in the field. But we had fun. We had a good squad. We well, had a lot of
0: fun. I've got a few stats, Ed, in front of me yeah. because play cricket does allow me to go back through. I couldn't find the scorecards. I'm, I might not be good enough on the website. Someone might say, oh, you're looking in the wrong place. But um, I'm focusing on Saturday cricket. So you played uh, you played nine games on a Saturday, Ed. Uh, you bowled 80 overs, 12 maidens, 14 wickets, at so the best of four for 28. Um, I would suggest that's a pretty fair return. Uh, it's for- not
1: bad. Average, average of 23, so that's that's not too bad. I like to get that down around about 21, so that's all right. Um, economy rate about four. Would it be nice to have that under three? Uh, no, around three. Um but again, yeah, it was catches that cost us a lot. Yeah. Um I got I, I, look, I took a FIFA under Eddie Cowlershaw, if you have a look at those stats as well in a in a league game. Uh, oh sorry, a Sunday game as well. Uh, oh, and they um, were always fun. They were We've
0: just dropped out, Ed, but we'll wait for you to come back, mate. Right?
1: Um uh, that three for forty-one against Raynham was a good day out. There was a tree at uh, square leg which kept us company uh, all throughout the day, which was fun. Um, <laughs> but there's yeah, there's some unique unique experiences. But I've, I can run through that side for you. We had Paul Holiday, Young Junior. He was with us. Yeah. We had Young Young Owen uh, yeah. with us as well. Uh, Tommy Burnett was there as well. Um, yourself, uh, the North Brothers, Martin and Graham. Uh, who else do we have? Andy Burkett was playing, Parnell, uh, oh, yeah. and, and who else do we have? Uh, Andy Cotton as well, Young Joey, uh, was opening yeah. the batting for us. So we had a, we had a decent it's, side.
0: It, we just couldn't put it together. I tell you what, going through that side, that's that's not actually a bad, you know, probably Owen was a few years away from scoring a Yeah, yeah he run, was. And yeah. Baby Junior was, was uh, not quite hitting his straps. But the rest of us probably could have pulled our socks up a little bit more listening to you reel those names off
1: i think so i've got a beautiful photo of us in the dressing rooms after my last game we played a uh is it a coal pack side or something like that Uh, there was a whole bunch of south africans playing for them, um (laughs) and and, uh they were pretty fierce this south african mob Uh, they got the job done in the end but um yeah there was oh we had jared bondy was playing with us as well he was keeping so we had an okay side we could do the job we i think we were Probably making up around about 200, 220. That was our pass score for our lot. Martin Pierce chimed in at the top of the order every now and then. So,
0: yeah,
1: (laughs) we just, we, yeah. I mean, you had a cracking game, but that was the game where we had a tie as well. I think, um, you made some runs at the top of the order as well early in the piece, and we ended up tying the game. I've never been part of a tied game before. And well, I—I
0: I, I noticed was weird. On the stats that we had a tie. I mean, I can't yes. remember it. I it also the stats also suggested to me that I made two fifties that year, which again yes. I can't remember either. So you, you,
1: you might have had but, a good night beforehand, Stewie. You never know.
0: Well, as you know, a, a follower <laughs> of the blog will, will understand that those those nights are sadly behind me, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i probably did that i think i i, I... I'd, I'd probably get a bit of grief, but if I suggested that if I'd have stopped drinking a bit earlier, my 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 career stats would probably be at least ten runs better on the old batting average. I might have been averaging thirty-eight rather than twenty-eight on play cricket.
1: You were all right, Stewie. You were all right with the bat. There's no doubt about that, and you were pretty handy in the field as well with a bit of chatter. So it was good.
0: <laughs> well, we do we like the chatter. Uh, I do. I don't know if it was that random game, but I do remember one game with you where. I seem to remember I might have opened the batting, opened the bowling, and then me and Andy Burkett swapped so he could come on to bowl and I could keep wicket. So I, yeah. I felt I felt like I certainly got my ten quid's worth that day out of the old uh, match. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's park cricket for you, isn't it? Uh, it is, mate. Good but, decks uh, out there at Warmer. Good decks too.
0: So how's it uh, cricket-wise? Uh, are you still are you still turning the arm over Ed?
1: I am. um, I am when, when I'm allowed to, I mean, I've got three kids under six and you've got
0: three
1: now, three kids. Yeah. Three kids under six and Harry, Grace and Olivia. And yeah, we um, I'm playing, I played my first ever T20 game up here in Broome. I'm in WA Western Australia Okay, Um, and that's in the Northwest of uh, Northwest of the country, beautiful part of the world, the Kimberleys. And play T20 cricket there and uh, only bowled three overs, took four for 10, I think it was. Um, and I was pretty – I like to bowl about 10 or 15 overs to really have a good day out. And, yeah, that was it. And I was ready to keep going. And the rest of the lads are going, no, it's T20 cricket, mate. You're done. Dust for the day. And I've gone, okay, all right, fair enough. I still I still woke up sore the next day. Um, yeah. but, um, but that was a bit of fun. But, yeah, I mean, that was on – that was on the carpet, the synthetics, which is something gonna say, that. I was
0: going to say. I assume yeah. that's probably not on the grass track,
1: is it? No, nah, not not up here. Unfortunately, they don't have the greenskeepers up here to do that. But um, but back home, I play for my uh, back home in Victoria, in Melbourne. Now uh, I play for the Bulling Cricket Club, and that's been my home club for since I was seven years old. And good shout yeah, out, I,
0: guys.
1: Yeah, shout out there, and that's that's where I play. So when I'm home, I try and get a game in, and the dream is to have a game with my son one day. So that's that's the dream
0: excellent well i think yeah i i only have a daughter so whether i will share a cricket field with her who knows and if i do it might not be a good day for the rest of the people <laughs> sharing it with us but um but yeah so you're not uh so obviously you've just said you're not actually home home you're, you're no. not you're not where you grew up so to speak and is that uh is that work related ed or how how have you landed where you are now
1: yeah, it's completely work-related. So I work with the uh, ABC that's similar to the BBC back over in the UK. Uh, the ABC yeah. is the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. And um, I'm working up here doing the uh, morning show, 10 to 11, and Saturday breakfast from 6 till 9 every Saturday. And we we took this job because I was doing nights at uh, SEN 1116 in, in Melbourne, which is the equivalent of uh, TalkSport UK. And okay. I was doing... I was doing nights there in Melbourne, and uh, it was just becoming, you know, we we're, were having kids, and it was just becoming too hard. As in, I was doing nights, and I was a little bit off whack with the normal time scale. So, um, and Rach need help with the with the bubs and all that sort of stuff. So, we decided to do a little bit of a sea change and headed up here to Broome in in Western Australia. And yeah, it's a bit of paradise. And I'm pretty. I mean, I'm with a great company, so uh, they look after you. So I, I feel like I could be with the company, not in Broome, but with the company for the next twenty years of my my career.
0: So you're. So just tell What what is your job title there, Ed? What so tell So you're. To, are you talking sport for a living? Is it everyone's dream job? Well, I did
1: that for about oh, nearly a decade and a bit. Now I'm doing yep. everything. Now I'm doing a show which is pretty much politics. Okay. Uh, talkback, uh, sport, whatever it is. It's all-encompassing all, all, all encompassing sort of a show, really. Um, so I think as I get older, that's sort of where I'm heading. But the dream is still to cover in Olympic Games. And this is the other reason why I moved to the ABC, is because they have that ability to cover the Olympic Games. Now, obviously, COVID's doing some other things there where
0: that
1: that sort of possibility has probably been put on hold for for a fair while. Well,
0: Uh, 2032, is it, Brisbane?
1: I can handle that. I can handle Brizzy. (laughs) I can get to Brizzy. That's (laughs)
0: that's the rumour, isn't it? Well, it
1: seems as though the way that they're talking, that it's lock, stock and two smoking barrels.
0: I think think, think the other contenders have been... um, Poo-pooed. I mean, China have had a go for it countrywide, haven't they? They haven't put a city forward. Yeah, uh, we're not going to China. We no, can't go uh, to China. No, and I, I can't remember. There was a couple of other names that looked like non started. Malaysia, maybe. I mean, nothing against the Malays, but um, it's not Brisbane, is it? I've been... What, a, no. what an experience that was. When was the last time? 2000 in Sydney? Was that Australia's last Olympics? Must have been. Yeah, that was, that was
1: our last Olympics, yeah, on, on home soil. And before that, it was Melbourne in 1956. So uh, it's every 50 years that we get it
0: over 19, here in Australia. It, see, <laughs> so, yeah. 1956. So to listeners to this podcast, Chelsea and Manchester City football fans, they didn't even have a football team the last time the Olympics were in in Melbourne. They'll be sad to know that. We'd like to get some digs Man, sit there, mate. But- oh, thank you, mate. I was waiting for that. I thought
1: I thought you would have started quite nicely with the uh, the way that we stuffed up another Champions League campaign and uh, losing to Chelsea. I mean, come on, um, it was it yeah, was going to be.
0: Just, it, that was one of them. I think uh, the only way Chelsea were going to win that was to score. For it sounds daft, uh, but Chelsea had to score first to win that game, didn't they? And luckily for them, they did, and they held on.
1: Manchester City have all the money in the world, but we still have Manchester City traits. And for all those citizens out there, you understand every single thing that I'm saying with that. We lose games that we, anyway, it's just, you know, it's all wonderful winning the League Cup a hundred times, but at the same time, it's not the Champions Trophy. But at the same time, if we had won it, there would be that asterisk next to it i think everyone will be saying well you know covid does it really count there were no crowds all that sort of stuff so who knows who knows uh we
0: can i'm still putting an asterisk next to liverpool's league win so that's fine but if, we, <laughs> if we if okay. we if we just su- suggested that let's say um that brisbane does get this upcoming olympics i mean it's not yes. really that far uh, so Sydney two thousand, Kathy Freeman, blah blah You yep. know, it was amazing. I remember it quite well. I remember her wearing a, a skin suit with the hood and everything. Yeah. What yeah. does what does what does a twenty thirty two Olympics in Brisbane look like then? Because um, uh, obviously we've we've had Cathy Freeman and you know that that in two thousand. What does Brisbane do differently, Ed?
1: It'll be on a smaller scale. I guarantee okay. you that. It'll be – look, Brisbane, Brisbane's a smaller city. They've hosted the Commonwealth Games before. I think that was
0: 1982.
1: Okay. Um, but they – yeah, I, it'll be on a smaller scale. The, the Gabba, as you would know as a cricket fan, only holds about 45,000. I've been um, to the Gabba
0: twice, actually. Yeah. yeah. Both times. So,
1: it's not a, it's not a big stadium compared to say the mcg or olympic park in in sydney which was holding 100,000 that night that's now okay. been scaled, scaled back to 80,000 um right. so they're going to have to do something but they can't build it's it's a, the is a little bit like some of the cricket grounds in england in that there's a lot of homes and uh, yeah. things around the ground so it's hard to build and expand on that ground yeah they they may build a brand new one uh, okay. I don't know where they, there, there is that possibility, but you know, the government doesn't have a lot of money with all this COVID stuff. We're in a deep recession over here in Australia. So. Well, you're, you're I, coming yeah. out of the
0: bushfire strategy as well, surely.
1: Well, we are. And that's sort of been put on the back burner because of, um, <laughs> because of COVID. Yeah, and,
0: no, and no, no, no burning jokes about bushfires. Please,
1: no, no, no. Well, this is the other thing though. This is the, well, this is, you know, Australia for you. We had those bushfires 2019, 2020. That summer period there, and now yeah. that same same area, Gippsland in Victoria, has just been ravaged by floods. Um, Not the so... mice,
0: then. They're elsewhere.
1: No, they're in New South Wales, so the oh, mice—the mice mice—mice are breeding up in New South Wales. <laughs> we've got we've got plenty of paddocks where you can go and find some decent space and not be affected by natural disasters or animals. Um, but we're all right. New, New we're, we're okay. We're okay. <laughs> we're doing we're doing all right. We're doing all right.
0: Ah, superb. Um, so if uh, if we we move on slightly from your your work in radio, uh, yeah, just. Do you do a bit of sports calling as well? Do we call it sports calling or sports commentary? Is that is that a sideline or a yeah, part sports broadcasting. Fashion? Yeah, sports, sports, sports broadcasting. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I've been doing that for the last oh, 15, 16 years. That, even before okay. I came over to England, I was, I was doing that. Um, ended up winning an award for my sports presenting and show stuff uh, back in 2011. And that's probably oh, hard, hard to say the equivalent of it, but anyway, um, it was a radio radio award for that, um, which was pretty cool. But yeah, sports broadcasting is what I love to do and I love calling anything. So uh, that's probably why I'm very chirpy out there on the cricket field. I just, yeah, I, I just want to talk and I just want to commentate and, Could never make it at the highest level. I tried my very best when I was younger. I was too short for basketball and just not good enough Mm -mm. for cricket. So, um, you know, that's, yeah, I could never make the ball turn when I wanted it to (laughs) when those those representative games were around. So so I just said to my – I always had this dream of being on radio and sports calling is where it is, theatre of the mind, entertaining and informing people. And, yeah, I'm still – I'm calling the local uh, Aussie rules footy up here in uh, in Broome at the moment, and uh, yeah, because, doing some, doing some other things. Yeah,
0: yeah, because you're, I guess, you're pretty much. I mean, you must be smack bang in the middle of winter now, are you? Not, in Broome.
1: Not... not, no, not in, in Broome. not in not in Broome. No, no. So in so in the lower part of Australia, we have the four seasons. In the top right. half of Australia, so pretty much from. I don't know. From Townsville, Cairns, Darwin, Broome—that top half of uh, yeah. Australia—we uh, have dry season and wet season. So we're in. So to break that down, it's pretty simple. Uh, in dry season, it doesn't rain for six months, and in yeah. wet season, it pisses down for six months. So um, <laughs> that was like <not> Manchester. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. This is big, fat tropical rain with cyclones greeting you every now and then. It's um, yeah, but it's. Yeah, it's yeah, that's what we have two seasons, and at the moment we're in dry season. So, your your winter over there, it's just yeah, it's beautiful over here, mate. You'd love it, you'd love it. We wouldn't get you off the beach, Dewey.
0: No, you've still got those sharks that put me off in (laughs) 2001.
1: Crocodiles up here, mate. It's crocodiles up here, so uh, yeah, yeah, don't worry about the sharks. We've got the
0: crocs, big crocs. (laughs) So it's uh, so you're currently so you're currently calling the the Aussie rules though, mate. That's, that's yeah, that's yeah. the game of choice at the minute. And oh, have well, you a, a, yeah. a player a player in your prime or not not your game.
1: Not my. I love the game. I love the yeah. sport, uh, but I don't. Yeah, the game for me is just. Uh, I probably picked it up a little bit too late. I played my first real competitive game of Aussie rules footy. Uh, when I was about 22 and did all right. Kicked a couple of goals and then got knocked out, got back up. Someone tackled me, broke three ribs and did my ankle in the same game. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm not getting paid to do this. I'm not playing. I'm not playing this game. I just, um, yeah, I was just all over the place, arms and legs. And, yeah, not good enough. So, But I love calling it. I love calling the game. It's an exciting game to watch.
0: Great stuff. And I, I I assume, I mean, these little podcasts that I put together, I um I probably spend forty five minutes to an hour just going over stuff before I sit down and chat to the good people like yourself. But I mean, if you're calling a game, if you're calling a, a local game or whatever, there must be a huge amount of research that goes into is does it go into each game or do you find are you able to are you able to sort of research the league and Will that get you through the season, or do you have to put a lot into each game you're going into, Ed? I'm
1: um, look. Usually, I'm putting in probably around about twenty hours a week. Uh, into really? It, and, wow. Uh, yeah, I'm and I'm doing that now, but it's um it's really hard from a local level. Like we're at. So I've gone from calling AFL football, which is the top league, yeah, to now calling West Kimberley Football League, which is pretty much. Oh, I don't know how we could say it. Dover versus warmer. It's, it's
0: local club stuff.
1: It's local club stuff. So I don't know what the lowest tier level uh, in say football over in the UK is, but it's one of those, one of those low tier levels where it's club footy and it's club,
0: non-professional.
1: It's non-professional, uh, but you're getting some ex-professional players that filter through there and things okay. like that. Um, uh, but, the teams aren't getting my the team sheets to me until just before the game, and it's becoming right. a little bit of a frustration with me at the moment. Going from a professional standard to the she'll be right attitude, and it doesn't yeah. wash with it doesn't wash with me. But it's memories, it's um the stories of the people. We've got a high Indigenous population up here in the Kimberley, um, where the Aboriginal talent up here is just it's incredible. It is just magical what um, what these players can do. They are so scintillating, so quick um, and just, yeah, just amazing. And the stories that they have from their local communities out of Bidjadanga and the Peninsula, and these are just some of the outskirt towns where not many people can go in. You can't go in there at the moment because of COVID. So this is their oh, outlet okay. and it it is just incredible. And it's just something that if you do have a chance to get to Australia – uh, on your bucket list, get up yeah. to the Kim- get up to the Kimberleys. You'll do a spot of fishing. Uh, you'll see some amazing artwork which dates back forty thousand years, and go to a local footy game where you'll be just going, "What am I seeing? The athletes are just amazing, absolutely amazing."
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, anyone listening, write that down. And the next time you're in Australia, take Ed up on his um, invite there and take in some local culture and sport. Uh, great stuff. Uh, so let's again, Ed, I keep saying this, but let's sort of move move on a bit now. I know, I as I do, I I I'm a, I like my social media, so I I don't stalk people across Facebook, but it's how I keep up. <laughs> uh, and your your Facebook, there is a, I mean, there is a passion for basketball in there your is. life, Ed, isn't there? There is. Um, there is huge, huge passion. I I would say, and that's uh, is that is that your is that your one true sporting love or it's it's
1: cricket it's it's actually my sporting teams that are my love so uh i have five teams that i support around the Mm -hmm. world uh atlanta in uh the us of a the city of atlanta their sports teams there is what uh got me hooked dad did some work over there back in the early 90s and i was in love with Magic Johnson, the way that he played the game. And I asked him for a Magic Johnson jersey and he came back with the Dominique Wilkins jersey. And I'd never heard of him and (laughs) Dominique Wilkins, for those that know their basketball probably rivaled Michael Jordan as a scorer, not as Michael Jordan, but as just as a scoring ability. And the way that he dunked the ball was earth shattering. It was amazing. And he was called the human highlight film. So uh, I, I latched onto the Atlanta Hawks. I latched onto their, their football side over there, their uh, gridiron side, which is the Atlanta Falcons. And dad loved his baseball growing up. So over here in a, yeah, the brave. So over here in Australia, what we would do for cricket season is we'd play baseball in the winter okay. and play cricket in the summer. And the way, what reason why is that you keep your eye in with the batting and yeah. you're improving your fielding, your ground fielding and your throwing arm again, that's that stronger and stronger. So uh, baseball's got a pretty good history over here in Australia, and oh, okay, yeah, the Claxton Shield—it's um, been going on for nearly a hundred years, and it's um, it's a it's got a pretty good history. So when the Braves thing, Dad was really passionate about the Braves, so I latched on to Atlanta, Manchester City. Uh, I'm not a bandwagon supporter, as <laughs> as you would know, because. I was speaking to you about it back in 2009 and we weren't crash up back then. Um, <laughs> and in the early 2000s, we weren't even played in the Premier League. Um, no, I, I latched on to uh, Manchester City because my grandfather was uh, born and bred in Lancashire and okay. he, he, um, he was a Manchester City man. And I said, oh, you weren't united? And he looked at me with this death stare when I mentioned it when he was still around. <laughs> and I said, all right then, all right, no worries. Sky blues all the way, I'm with you. Um, because he was trying to coerce me into his AFL side, which was the Western Bulldogs or Footscray, and I decided to stick with the Melbourne Football Club, and we've been in pain for fifty odd years. So, um, <laughs> so, so that, they're my teams. They're my five teams, and that's my they're my passion. When it comes to sport, that is my my heart beating true for them every single time. So, but basketball, from a playing perspective, it's basketball and cricket are the sports I play. Uh, yeah. But it's my teams that I'm extremely passionate about.
0: And how does it sounds like a, a daft question, possibly? But um, with time difference, um, do you find yourself sort of tuning in in the middle of the night to catch uh, Man City then? And, oh uh, yeah. What's, what's the uh, what's the time difference with you in the USA then?
1: So it's about it's about fourteen hours with the US. Yeah. Um, but the bonus is at the moment I'm on the West Coast, so I'm getting. Games at nine thirty in the morning, my time, so it's pretty good. Whereas over in the east coast, it's a little bit earlier. So um, I'm I'm okay on the west coast of this country. So I get I get to see the games in the morning, which is good. And uh, it's a it's evening sessions uh, when it comes to watching my beloved uh, Manchester Manchester City. But I I was up in the early hours of the morning that day. In the final round, uh, what was this, back in 2012, was it the final round when we took on QPR and QPR took a 2-0 lead?
0: (laughs) Aguero! Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Rachel was going, what the hell is wrong? Um, That was just – I was in tears. That was just –
0: Well, me uh, and my my younger brother were in tears because we'd won it for about three and a half minutes.
1: Yeah, we gave it to you, and I think yeah, who were you playing that day? You were playing Stoke. Stoke supporters were giving it to you that day, I think. Um, I, just I remember, was amazing. I it, Phil was amazing Jones
0: uh, it was amazing. It was.
1: It was just like that's, and I'm getting tingles just talking about it now. And the reason why I'm getting tingles is because you know I used to watch those games with my grandfather, my grandfather wasn't alive. He he passed away in 2007, and and I just okay, yeah. I just think of all the. Yeah, it's just amazing, and you could see it in the you could see it in the stadium. We were doing it again. We were about to lose to you blokes in typical city style to bloody QPR, and they were one man down. Uh, Joey Barton had got sent off, and it was just you know like we're just going, come on, we can't do this again. But it was Aguero. It was yeah. It was just amazing, absolutely amazing, and that that um. That's just a moment in time that will never, ever, ever be forgotten. I know for you guys, but you've got so many of them, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and, but yeah. And was yeah, that? It's
0: um, I mean, uh, who was that man, Mancini in charge then? It was, it was Roberto, yeah. and we
1: flicked him because we couldn't win an FA Cup or something, And no, but it I was, was just, Roberto. Yeah, It just yeah, got yeah. me
0: thinking, because I actually watched the Italy game the other day, uh, and was very, very impressed with, uh, he's obviously in charge of the national side at the minute, yeah. and I, yeah. I text my two brothers, we have a WhatsApp group uh, that's normally just full of abuse, but I actually sort of said to them, I said, this is, this is how we'll, we want to be, see England. We need yeah. to move that ball quickly, you know. Like Obviously, you have to have the right players, and maybe Italy are, are blessed with a, a good generation at the minute. But And it was against an average Turkish side, but the, the speed the ball was moving and the players getting beyond the ball was fantastic to watch. And then there's old Roberto sitting on the bench in his nice designer <laughs> jacket. <laughs> and it takes me back to the dark old days of Man City winning the league. Uh, he
1: he could dress, he could dress that man, but he was up and about that day. He was up yeah. and about that day. Oh um,
0: boy! Ah, uh, brilliant stuff, mate. Um, so let's let's say um, all these sports teams, uh, mm-hmm. all this work, twenty hours of week going into research. You've mm-hmm. got three kids under six. Um, uh, I asked. I asked Luke. On he's got three kids. Luke, the Englishman in Australia, he didn't have much time to sleep. It doesn't sound like you have much time to sleep either, Ed.
1: No, nah, about four hours. Four hours a night I get. Um, really? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about four hours a night. Um, so the young one, the youngest, Olivia, she's uh, being a terrible two at the moment. Uh, she's mm-hmm. getting up at the crack of dawn and she's coming to my side of the bed and not Rachel's, and I'm the one that either has to go and lie down with her or whatever. But generally, even if the kids were sleeping through, uh, it's generally four hours. But I, with that, as I say that, um, I get my four hours and then probably every fortnight, yeah. I, and it's not healthy, but every fortnight I'll get a good 15-hour sleep. So... Where whether it be on the weekend or uh, during the week or whatever it is, I'll get a good 15-hour sleep and that'll give me the energy. I, I eat right. I eat the, the right energy foods and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, I don't drink. So I don't drink. I don't take any a, pills or anything like yeah. that. And and um, what's the other one? Smoke. I don't smoke. So, so you've, never, not a,
0: you've never been yeah. a drinker, Ed? Right? I, I, no. don't, I don't remember... No. Obviously, uh, I, I'm not a drinker anymore. I didn't realise you were a, a non-an object just through just through choice, not your thing.
1: Yeah, it was through choice. Well, dad, dad lost his license uh, back in 1991, and he nearly killed himself and another person in a drink driving accident, and that okay. left a bit of an impact. I think I was 10, 9 yeah. years old at that time, and then when I got to age of driving, uh, when you get your P plates over here, so it's just before you get to full license. Um, you weren't allowed to drink on your peas. And I've, I okay. couldn't I couldn't fathom spending $100 on taxi cabs uh, <laughs> getting from there to there. So really, it was more because I was going to uni at the time. So my theory was, well, and maybe I'm a bit of a cheapskate, but 100 bucks on a taxi. Uh, from where i live to the city then you'd have the either 25 to 40 dollars for cover charge to go and see a band or or the club or whatever it is that's 140 bucks and if i can cut out the 100 i can you know i'm saving myself 100 bucks plus i'm getting my mates home safely and soundly so um that was my theory and and yeah drinking only when we win will i have a beer and uh that's whenever I'm playing in any team, whatever it is, whether it be basketball, cricket, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, only when we win a, a premiership or a championship do I have one beer and just just celebrate with in. the boys. Yeah. 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 Just celebrate um, with the team.
0: And what's the beer of choice up in Kimberley? It's a Matzo's, actually. It's a Matzo's uh,
1: lager or a Matzo's uh, cider. Up okay. Here. It's a famed brewery in, the, uh, in Australia. And. Yeah, if you if you have a chance, if you do go to one of these boutique breweries that you got over there, I'm sure there'll be a Matzos brew on the shelf. It's a good drop. I have the uh, hard lemon. It's a bitter sort of a uh, cider sort of a thing. I don't okay. I don't mind that in a cool temperature. If we if we salute and um, yeah, that's 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 what I go with. And yeah, they make a good brew up here. So Matzos Brewery, it's a good one. Ah,
0: oh, is Solo, is Lemon Solo still a thing? That was my favourite.
1: <laughs> yeah, Lemon, and there's a lime one too. There's a green one oh, there as well, the Solos. Yeah, they're still, they're still kicking around, mate. They're still kicking in around.
0: In 2001, yeah. I had multiple Australian hangovers, and Lemon Solo and Blue Powerade were my go-to. But Lemon Solo was, oh, God's nectar. That stuff was amazing. I've never found anything that gets close to it
1: well i'll send you a slab over mate (laughs) Uh, that'd
0: be good mate perfect okay
1: i'll get one going get one going it won't be it won't be warm like you guys like your beer but it will it'll probably be a little bit cooler than that but um i'll say i'll say this though to keep the uk flavor going um we have a uk aisle over here in our supermarkets and whenever i go past it i'll pick up the odd whisper bar or the decker bar or something like that a little bit of chocolate uk style so yeah, that's Perfect. um that's oh, I love the whisper. I love the whisper. That's uh, I, it's rich, but it, it does the trick for me. And have
0: you have have you been have you been have you been on any other travels since since you so, so you, you did you leave us in two thousand and nine or did you hang around Europe for a bit longer? In? So
1: I was on a visa, a two year visa, but a job came up in Darwin and oh, okay. um, radio radio job and yeah, so we, we ended up leaving, um which was it was quite sad actually. Um, because we were we were loving our time there but the job came up It was too good to knock back and yep. um, yeah we left there but since then we've been to Europe I don't know probably three or four times uh,
0: done oh nice
1: yeah, yeah 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 so we we like to train around Europe and we did that in 2010 and in 2014 and yeah so we so what did we take in we took in Poland and uh, Austria and Germany, did a little bit of Germany, the Venice, uh, France, um, didn't get to Spain, did uh, Amsterdam and uh, Belgium. Went and had a look at some of the wonderful – I'm very big on my war history and yeah. we actually we actually trot out to uh, Bastogne and that's where uh, the Battle of the Bulge was in the Second World War and probably a turning point of the war in a lot of ways in World War II and just going – those – you know, those those foxholes are still there and just amazed. Amazed there's a there's a wonderful uh TV series called Band of Brothers and we uh,
0: yeah. I'm not a huge I'm not huge into my war history, but yeah. Band of Brothers and then the follow up that was Yeah not the, the, Pacific, the Pacific, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, very yeah. good entertainment.
1: Yeah, it is, and band of brothers. So we we decided to go to Bastogne. Uh, they couldn't speak uh, a lick of English in Bastogne. So it was it was, was out of probably. Uh, they're probably looking at us going, "Who the hell is this cowboy?" Um, but yeah, we we pay I our respects think, and yeah it was amazing I, amazing
0: i think uh, justin langer took your boys to some some similar places didn't he did you did you catch the amazon show the test or whatever it was we had it over here we i followed. did i,
1: I hey, saw did he... nathan Lyon miss that run out um yes it's um yeah it's, it was amazing look we we're, we're still we're still trying to come out of this we still can't believe what happened in south africa happened i was on i was producing that day when that happened in South Africa. And I said to my presenters who were broadcasting live, and this was the only coverage that was coming out of that test match in. I said, "Is something going on. What is, what is Bancroft doing with the ball? And they kept, they put the, they, they started having a look at it. And one of my presenters has gone, he said, you know, bloody, he said, you know what, Uh, he's, he's tampering with the ball. What the hell are they going to say afterwards? And they said nothing. And they lied about it. And it, it's like we haven't recovered. We, you know, this is a nation that, you know, prides itself on, on the rules of the game. I mean, we hammer India and Pakistan and all this sort of stuff yeah. when it comes to this. We got into Faftu Tuple for doing the lolly thing and Han- the late Hansi Cronier for dabbling with the ball and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, yeah. when you take that high ground, you don't do yeah. that crap. You don't you've do it. To, and no, oh, you've got to oh, be geez. whiter than white. Oh it's uh, it's it's amazing, mate. We're still uh, yeah, and look, uh, Yubami Army's gonna give it to us this summer and we're gonna get it for the rest of our days. There's no yeah. doubt. No doubt. What's no um,
0: doubt. just because uh we don't we get a bit in the press over here, but there a few weeks ago there were there was speculation that more than just the sort of the three people were involved, there was speculation that the whole bowling unit were involved in the uh the misdemeanour. Mm. Uh, is there any any inside gossip from from Australia itself there Ed, or is it is it up look in the everyone,
1: Look, every, We're trying to put it behind us. So, well, not we. Uh, I think it's more the Australian Cricket Board are trying to put this thing behind it asap. Yeah. Um, but it's Michael Michael Clark brought it he's up. Push, he's,
0: he's pushing he's, it. He's, he's 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 got hold of it at one end, and he's not letting go.
1: He's um. He's well. it's, it's an interesting point he makes. Okay. So if you're a bowler, right. And I'm a bowler, you know what's going on with the ball. And if you're seeing interesting scratches appear on the ball, you got to know what's going on. Now, generally, the bowlers don't actually do the work on the ball. It's generally, Mm -hmm. I don't know, someone else in the team that's maybe mid-on, mid-off that's doing it or whatever it is. And the bowlers just there to concentrate and do what they need to do at the top level. And I understand that. And that's it. As you climb the ranks here in Australian cricket, the bowlers really don't work on the ball that much. Um, It's usually up to one of the batsmen or whatever. But you would notice something's going on. You would notice you you would notice. There are going to be there are going to be four or five books on this topic, Stewie, in the next couple of years. There's going to be another DVD series or an Amazon flick or whatever it is. There is this is going to be analysed. There's going to be a really good documentary on this later, like that, which will just focus on what actually happened. Um, And someone will tell us the truth. Someone, whether it be Smithy, whether it be Warner, but they're playing at the moment. They're you, playing for their they'll country. Have, they'll
0: have to retire before they'll have to we retire. Know. They'll
1: have they'll have to be retired. It's like when your great 2005 team, when the wheels were starting to fall off a couple of years later, with that five nil whitewash in 2007, yeah. and yeah. you guys were ripping each other apart, and you know Kevin Peterson was you know lagging on every all the all the cobwebs were being taken down, and you know the skeletons were coming out of the closet. This this will. Well, break KP, when Kp was in
0: texting it to the opposition. Yes, he <laughs> <laughs> was. So this is,
1: it'll all come out. It'll all come out in a wash. We're just going to wait until Smithy and Warner retire, I think, and we'll yeah. see what happens.
0: Okay. I think on that note, Ed, uh, we are three minutes from England kicking off in their first game of the Euros. Ooh. So I am going to thank you enormously for your time. Do you know what, mate? I was slightly nervous coming on today. Uh, Why is that? It, a man who does this for a living talks to people, talk to them. but you have put my nerves at ease, and I have thoroughly enjoyed the last fifty minutes, mate. Um, I think, I think there's plenty more we could chat about, and we could we could put something together again in the near future, hopefully, Ed. If you'd be up for that, oh,
1: there's no doubt. There's World Cups around the corner and Olympic Games, my friend. I'm sure there's something you want to throw at me sooner rather than later. But always happy to have a chat to you, my friend.
0: Lovely, Ed. All right, I will let you go. I'm going to go and pour my non-alcoholic German lager and support England. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's see if I'm smiling in 90 minutes or not, mate. But, Ed, thank you for joining Henry Westerns, Old Mate, the podcast. Uh, love to you and the family. Thanks for coming on. And all the best for, for the near future, mate. And to you, mate. Love to you. Cheers, Ed. Bye for now, mate. Thanks, mate. thank you so much to ed for joining me there i hope you guys enjoyed that uh, i thoroughly enjoyed recording it as i said i was a little bit nervous um the thought of sitting down to do a podcast with a man who spends his professional life behind the microphone and when he's not behind the microphone he is preparing thoroughly for his time behind the mic uh I hope my research was good enough. I I think we've done well. I thoroughly enjoyed the chat. Uh, Ed was brilliant. Uh, Really enjoyable to catch up with him. He seems to be doing amazingly well. Uh, His young family is doing brilliantly. How the man finds time to do anything, I have no idea. But brilliant. Uh, I really hope me and Ed can maybe catch up in the future and... Really talk some more sport um, and go over uh, maybe some England and Australia Ashes rivalry in the future. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in. This is the first episode of Series 2. I look forward to producing some more content for you guys, uh, varying it up. I'm hoping to get a couple more uh, recovery-based podcasts. I've got a few things in the pipeline. keep an eye on my social medias for that but like i say thank you so much for choosing to listen and all the support that you showed to the podcast thanks guys